time for another Calgary Stampeder podcast. I'm Dave Rowe. And I'm Jock Wilson. Is this the Grey Cup edition yes, podcast? Yes, it is. Okay, fair enough. Yes, it is. Grey <laughs> Cup Championship Week is here. Uh, some of the Calgary Stampeders will be here. That's Unfortunately, true. not all and not working, but uh, taken in the game. I like the matchup. I like Hamilton and Winnipeg. Uh, I mean, these are what, you know, Hamilton was a team that everybody was predicting to be there all year long. Yeah. They met expectations. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers, we knew they were going to be good out of the gate. They lose their quarterback in Matt Nichols and come together under Chris Trebler and Zach Caleros, which is a, oh. a story in itself. So I think, uh, you know, you can't you, you can't fault the matchup this time. Around. You know, I've said this a couple of times, Dave. I, I think these are the two best teams in the Canadian Football League. As you mentioned, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at the start of the season, everybody had them pegged as the team to beat. What did they start of the shoot? Like 5-0, and oh, they were outstanding. Standing, and then they lost a couple of games, and then they lost Matt Nichols. So that's why they took a little bit of a step back. But, you know, I, I think when you look at both of these teams, they're good in all three phases of the game. Offensively, they can get it done. Special teams, they can get it done. And obviously, I think they're the two best uh, defenses in the Canadian Football League right now. So, yeah, I, I think even Calgary fans are in for a treat because I don't think this is going to be a blowout one way or the other. I think this is going to be a really hotly contested game. And generally, Hamilton getting the edge now from uh, most of the odds makers. Mm -hmm. Fair? Oh, I I think so. You know, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, you know, were perfect at home this season. The Hamilton Tiger Cats, you know, had a 15-win season. How can they not be the favorite yeah. in this game. They're going to have the most outstanding player in the league in, in Brandon Banks, I'm pretty convinced. And and truly, you know, a, a, you're right. Everybody is focusing in on the Zach Calero story because not only does he come back into Regina and knock off the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, but now he is going to try to knock off the guy that knocked him out early in the season in Simone Lawrence. So that is a, that is a great storyline from that standpoint. But really, if you look at great storylines, isn't Dane Evans the best storyline in the Canadian Football League this year? Yeah. A guy who just comes completely out of nowhere yeah. and uh, is now one of the preeminent quarterbacks in the Canadian Football League. But if Winnipeg wins this game, Zach Caleros far and away. What an amazing story. I mean, just think about his history mm-hmm. in uh, in Hamilton when the injury started to pile up. And Hamilton uh, essentially gave up on him. If he's able to come back full circle, you know what a story that will be. But I, I don't know that he's the key to victory for the Bombers. No. I, you know, I think when you look at Andrew Harris, uh, when you look at that defense, that's where you have to be dominant if the Bombers are going to have a shot. Would I be surprised if the Winnipeg Blue Bombers win this game? No, I won't be because I think they're a really, really good football club, and you know they do have a lot going for them. And hey, they they're they're the story that you know. Hey, they've gone into Calgary, beat the Stampeders. They went into Mosaic Stadium, another hostile territory. You know they knocked off you know both Dickinson brothers from that perspective. So this team is on a little bit of a roll right now. They have no problem playing on the road, and they they've already got the experience of playing here in Calgary in a real cold weather game. Now it's not going to be a cold weather game on Sunday at least that's the way the forecast is trending which is very very good news but you know they're going to be in the Calgary Stampeder dressing room they're going to be pumped up everybody knows about the long extended drought for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and and I, I do think that's a motivated team but if you ask me today who I think the better team is I, I still believe it's the Hamilton Tiger Cats and uh, they are calling this one the drought bowl when you look at Hamilton yeah. not winning a Grey Cup since 1999 Winnipeg you have to even go further back to 1990 Calgary Stampeders a couple of their Grey Cup championships come at the expense 
of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and uh, the Hamilton Ticats. And right now, uh, I had a very special guest drop in to the studio to reminisce about one of those Grey Cup games. Uh, quarterback Jeff Garcia, who led the Stampeders to a thrilling last-second victory over the Hamilton Tiger Cats back in 1998. Let's hear that now. Jeff, uh, last time we had a chance to talk, uh, it went all through your career here, but this is Grey Cup week, and of course uh, you got some pretty fond memories of how your career as a Calgary Stampeder wrapped up with that uh, with that Grey Cup, that final 98 season. Let's, uh, let's start off with the team getting together for training camp. I mean, the Stampeders at the time were a pretty, pretty damn good football team. You put together some, uh, some good records. You'd established yourself as uh, as a starter, as a star in this league going into the season. What was your feeling about uh, what the team could do? Obviously Wally Buono had done a great job throughout the nineties of bringing in talent to the Calgary Stampeders every single year. It seemed like we were competing as the number one team, the team to knock off and, uh, and we had been so close so many times, uh, having gone to the Grey Cup in 95, being a part of that experience for my first experience as a Grey Cup, uh, as a player in the Grey Cup, uh, unfortunately not being able to see the field. Doug took the field that day for us. But then to be able to get back there in 98, knowing at the start of the season that we had the necessary pieces to the puzzle, so to speak. It was just about putting it together as a team. Obviously, in order to reach that pinnacle of success, you need to be on the same page with your teammates. And I just think that that year we had a camaraderie, we had a closeness, a family bond amongst each other. Whether you were on the offensive side or defensive side, we all gelled well together. We all supported each other. Uh, We were hanging on and off the field together, just really establishing that sort of team chemistry that you need in order to compete on a weekly basis. And, uh, you know, we had just gotten too close too many times and not finished off the way that we needed to finish off. And uh, we knew that uh, we had what it took to get there. It was just a matter of playing consistent football throughout the season. And uh, when the time was right to come together and finish strong, we needed to finish strong. We needed to be our best at the end of the season when it counted. It wasn't the best start. Uh, you were a little bit over 500 through, I think, the first five weeks of the season. It, uh, did you just feel that you were just getting established, that you were just you know, getting your feet under you at that point? Well, you're probably reminding me of things that I didn't (laughs) quite remember as far as uh, some of the struggles that were concerned. Um, But, you know, I think when you're the team that teams just look at to knock off, you're going to get the best from from every team in the league. And, uh, you know, at that time, things were competitive around the league. And so you really had your A game. You had to have your A game week in and week out. And, um You know, we battled through some of those struggles. Uh, I know we had some close wins. We probably had some close losses as well. But we knew that uh, it's a long season. When you play an 18-game season, there's a lot of football ahead of you. And uh, you can't get too concerned off of what you're doing in the first half of the season. It really is about the second half of the season that makes or breaks a team. And uh, that's when you want to find your stride. That's when you want to really start to gel as a team. And I think, obviously, with the way the season finished off, uh, we were gelling at the right time. We were playing good football when we had to play good football. We were 
making things happen from an offensive standpoint and getting better on the defense side of the ball. And, um, you know, it led to an exciting finish for us. You were the, uh, you know, you had a pretty good group of receivers on that team. Who were the guys out of that group that you looked at? You know, the guys that you had the chemistry with, the guys that you just like, you'd be in the huddle, you could look at this guy, and, you know, he'd just know, look, you're getting the ball. Time to make a play. I had a great group. I mean, you talk about a group of starters that uh, were difference makers on the field. I mean, obviously, Alan Pitts stands out. He's one of the all-time greats to ever play the game. So blessed to be able to be his teammate. The work ethic that he brought as a player and also to that group of receivers because they all followed his path. And uh, and it created an excellence among the, amongst that group. But when you talk about just needing that tough, gritty yard, Terry Vaughn was that guy. When you needed uh, an explosive play down the field, Travis Moore was that guy. When you needed a third and four or third and five catch for a first down, you had Vince Danielson uh, at the slot banging off of halfbacks and creating separation. Then obviously Alan Pitts was just a difference maker. He was a guy that teams had to focus on and put an extra guy on his side or whatever it may have been, but he still was a matchup problem for teams and, and just a beast on the field. So I was fortunate. And then I had Kelvin Anderson in the backfield who, who was a a great little receiver himself. So when you look at everybody that I had at my disposal, uh, there was a wealth of talent and, uh, you know, it made it difficult as to who to feed all the time, but I had to go with my decisions. I had to go with reading defenses and make the right decision and give opportunities to guys to make plays. Alan Pitts was always a, an interesting guy, I guess, uh, to, to the fan, even to a media guy like me, uh, you know, almost unknowable, just sort of a, a very, a very private guy. And, you know, and a guy who, you know, we've tried to establish a relationship with him post Stampeders, but, but he's Alan Pitts. What can you tell us about uh, Alan as, as a person and as a teammate? You know, I mean, I think we all had those same struggles to really get to know Alan as a person. And uh, I, I really do believe, though, that year, that 98 season, he did start to open up a little bit more to teammates, started to hang out a little bit more. You never saw him after games being around the team. He'd kind of go off into his own little world, his own little space, and kind of kept his separation. But we knew as a player that he was a true professional. I mean, the guy brought his work hat every single day. I mean, he worked extremely hard, whether it was running first team offense or running the scout team, he gave the same effort and, and expected demanded to be on the field running routes versus the starting defense, running routes uh, on air, uh, the work ethic that he brought, the intelligence that he brought, the knowledge, the know-how that helped that receiver, that receiver core, uh, that group uh, help to improve them as a total unit. Uh, but yeah, it was a head scratcher in the sense that uh, seemed like such a humble down to earth person, but yet you didn't truly ever get to know the real Allen from within. And um, you know, that's, that's one thing that uh, I think all of us wish that we would have had a chance to get to know him a little better. Who are some of the glue guys on that team? You know, there's, there's so many stars, big names on the team, but you know, everyone's got to have those, those glue guys, the guys who keep it light in the locker room, the guys who who are the leaders. Who who did you look to? 
Yeah, I think when you look at the offense side of the ball, I mean, Rocco Romano was such a, a great catalyst to uh, to the offense and being a, just a leader, being a, a general out there, being kind of the grandfather, so to speak. I mean, he was the guy that, um, you know, led the offensive line. He led the offense. Uh, he was he was one of those guys that when he spoke, everybody would listen to and um you know, not so much maybe from the light side, but uh, he he kept us on our toes and uh, and kept us together. When you look at the defense, Alondra Johnson. I mean, you had you had some characters on the defense side of the ball, but Alondra Johnson was that guy that uh, you know he kept everybody's head on a swivel and um, and uh, really brought it every single day. Uh, was a very intense, very uh, emotional character, but uh, also just had a, a great demeanor about himself as a teammate and uh, got along well with, with those guys. Those are just two examples. I mean, you had so many different uh, personalities within that group, but the thing about it, we all meshed so well and we all got along so well together, it made it a great locker room. I mean, I don't think that I ever had a locker room that it was as cohesive as that group in 98. Getting towards the end of the season now, uh, Stan Peters locking up first place. As you were heading into the playoffs, what was the feeling on the team? Did you feel, hey, you know, we are now the team to beat? Well, I truly believe that, uh, you know, we had to get by our nemesis, Edmonton. I mean, they had been a thorn in our side multiple times, and uh, we had to find a way to close out the Western final. I mean, before anything could get done, you had to get past and through the playoffs and we had not finished well the previous two seasons. And, uh, so that was our prerogative. That was our objective. I mean, we needed to take it to Edmonton. We needed to show that we are the Kings of the West and, uh, and to earn that trip into the gray cup. And, uh, fortunately we were able to do it. We were able to put on a show that night in Calgary. I think there was snowfall on the ground and it was a frigid day, but we lit up the scoreboard. It was a great Great afternoon for ourselves, for the fans of Calgary, and to give us a chance to return to the Grey Cup and have an opportunity to bring that Grey Cup home. And uh, going into uh, Winnipeg to take on Hamilton, how did you approach the week? Because that's always one of the stories that comes up every Grey Cup is, you know, the guys that, you know, you know, how do you balance the fact that you're playing for the championship, for the goal, with the fact that you have to enjoy, you have to take some time out just to appreciate the experience? Do you want the honest answer or yes. the professional answer? I would like the honest <laughs> answer, please. I will say this. The first <laughs> night that both teams arrived, I don't know if anybody got any sleep that night. And, uh, you know, <laughs> to be going against Hamilton, but yet we're all in a bar together. We're all having a good time together. It was like uh, a reunion, so to speak. It wasn't like those were our foes and 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 the hated enemy we actually had a good time and uh we enjoyed winnipeg for the first night once we rolled into that town but we we uh quickly got to business we knew that uh moving forward hey we got our fun out of the way it's time to focus on what we need to do and and wally was good about allowing the veteran leaders of the team to really control and monitor the team uh we knew what we were there for we knew that we had played Hamilton already two times that season. We had beat them both times. 
Uh, it's difficult to beat the same team a third time. And we knew they had talent. They had talent on offense. They had talent on defense. They had explosive players. Uh, it was going to be a dogfight. But uh, outside of the first night and the shenanigans that followed that <laughs> night and the probably uh, the hurtful headache the next morning, um, we got – our work together, it was a cold, cold week. Yeah. I remember it being a frigid week, and we were practicing outside in the stadium every single day. And, uh, you know, but we had a nice balmy day come game day. It turned out to be a beautiful day and, uh, you know, a beautiful game for us. What do you remember just from, like, inside yourself, those few minutes before the start of the game, before the game gets going, what are you what are you thinking? What do you feel? Oh, just the excitement of playing in a championship game. You know, I wasn't blessed enough to really be a part of a great college program to where we were competing in games like that often. Um, obviously, I'd been to one Grey Cup prior, but I was not the starter in that game. And to now be that guy to lead the team onto the field. Uh, to know my family was in the stands, uh, to know that we were representing the city of Calgary and the Calgary Stampeders and uh, and what we wanted to accomplish. We had been too close too many times to not finish off on the right note and to be able to get back there and want to have a chance to to make it happen, to bring the cup home, to uh, to solidify our greatness of that team in that 1998 season, uh, that, that was the objective. And uh, we knew that we had a, a difficult task at hand with Hamilton coming in, and uh, we were excited about it, though. I just remember just the butterflies, the nervous, anxiety, anxious feeling that you get prior to a game like that, but just excitement, just like... Uh, the rush of uh, adrenaline that goes through you in a moment like that when you're playing in front of the entire country and uh, representing your city in that final championship game. And as a, as a Stampeder uh, fan, that game was way more entertaining than it needed to be. That was uh, It was tense. It was back and forth. It was a close... Aldi Henry, a guy who, you know, didn't, uh, you know, maybe not going down as one of the all-time greats, but he made one of the all-time great plays in Stampeder history when he had that interception. What did that do to you guys on the bench? Oh, absolutely. Aldi stepped up, had a great interception, uh, one of McManus' throws. You know, gosh, there were so many moments in that game. Definitely a, a roller coaster ride as a fan. As a player, you got to maintain and even kill throughout. You can't ride that wave of emotions, but it was a back and forth uh, situation. I just remember the collision between Hall and Alondra Johnson at the end of the game when they hit their little scat back in the flat. Archie Amerson, I believe it was, and he made a move and our two linebackers collide, hit heads, and they're knocked out basically on their backs on the field. This guy makes it down and a hustle play by our other linebacker to make the tackle at the one yard line and then a goal line stand darn near keeping them out of the end zone. And then they go for the two point conversion, which was a critical two point conversion at the time. And our defensive lineman brought, blocks the pass, knocks it down. So it puts us just down by one with little over or right around two minutes left in the game. And uh, really gave us a chance to uh, 
make it a great finish, but it was, it was nail biting, man. And especially right there toward the end, when they made that big play, when I see two of our players down on the field, two of our best defensive players and, uh, and guys had to step up and step in at that point, we had some young guys step in, (laughs) in that goal line stand. They did a hell of a job, but, uh, at the end of the day, uh, they kept it within one and gave us a chance to put a drive together and win it with the big kick. And then you come out onto the field to put together that drive. Can you take us through that? Oh, yeah. It was just one of those moments where you really have to deflect the pressure, so to speak. You can't say that, uh, hey, this is a pressure cooker on me. No. It's the pressure's on them. Pressure's on Hamilton to stop us. We know what we're capable of. There's plenty of time. We just need to pick and pick and choose our opportunities. And uh, I was able to start with, I think, a throw in the flat. Uh, I had some short throws over the middle. I had a quarterback draw at one point during that drive. And it just, you know, it just clicked. I don't think I had an incompletion. I don't know. I was maybe three for three or four for four. And I had a little run for seven to 10 yards or whatever it may have been. But, uh, you know, we slowly chunked our way down the field and uh, used up the time on the clock and uh, put ourselves in a position to let Mark handle his job and and do what he does best. And, uh, you know, it was a chip shot of a field goal. But uh, I knew at that point, if nothing else, a miss out of the end zone, at least we tie the game, yeah. right? But uh, I was very confident in Mark, even though I didn't want to look at it. I was praying <laughs> to the gods on the sideline, on that bench, looking away. But uh, complete confidence in him, one of the all-time great kickers in the Canadian Football League, uh, to step on that field and 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 Dickinson handling the, the, the snap or the hold and uh, – and him the kick, and, you know, to do it on the last play of the game, the way it ended, it was just awesome. So you look back, I mean, these stories are coming back to you just like it's it's yesterday. Remember the old hockey coach had the line, win tonight and we walk together forever. But when you reflect on it, and, you know, something that's a memory now, but always going to be a part of you, what does it mean to be a champion? Oh, I mean, that's everything you work so hard to attain and achieve. When you set out your goals at the start of the season, it's about the team and what's our biggest team goal. That's to be a champion at the end of the season. And when you accomplish that, uh, there is no better feeling. I mean, I've played a lot of football throughout my life and I remember the championships as a pop Warner kid playing at nine, 10, 11 years old. I remember the gray cup championship. There are a lot of seasons that uh, may be forgotten. So to speak, I've had a lot of great experiences throughout my life, but what measures at the top are the championship moments. And uh, that Grey Cup in 1998 with the Calgary Stampeders is an all-time high for me. Outstanding memories with Jeff. Uh, he was in Calgary this week to participate in the Grey Cup festivities. Also, uh, he was uh, working with Jiffy Lube, Jiffy Lube running uh, the big slide down at the Grey Cup Festival. Enjoy Grey Cup. Uh, we are going to wrap things up with the Calgary Stampeder podcast. Look ahead to the offseason one more time. For Jock Wilson, I'm Dave Rowe. Thanks for joining the Calgary Stampeder podcast. 